Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Mind Love, episode 120. Today's episode is all about optimizing your flow by understanding your cycle and your hormones. Start to pay attention, like to really understand which phase of the cycle you're in. I notice my energy and my mood feel like this, and the things I'm naturally interested in are this. Just doing that one time for one month will change your life. Your brain changes up to 25% across these four phases, across your infradian, one turn of the infradian clock, you are not the same person week over week. So the idea that you would do everything the same week over week is illogical and worse, insane. So we have to kind of reclaim what is really going on and start to live that way. Turn up your frequency with Mind Love. Bite-sized brain hacks for seekers, dreamers, and doers. It's time to give your mind a little love with your host, Melissa Monti. Hi, friends and wild people. First off, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, please hit the subscribe button. More subscribers means even better guests and tons more value. Plus, it helps me grow the show so more people can find it. And if you ask me, everyone could use a little more mind love. Let me ask you a personal question. How much do you know about your period? Or actually, let me rephrase that. How in tune are you with your cycle? I'm not just talking about knowing which five days of the month that you should probably avoid support calls or dealing with service industry people because your inner monster comes out. Not that I know anything about that. But I mean using your cycle as a superpower. Optimizing your life by making decisions based on when your hormones will best support you. This is something that's really been piquing my curiosity lately. First off, PMSing these days has been an experience. I only really get mild cramping, but man, these days, about a week before my period, I turn into the Miranda character from The Devil Wears Prada. Last month, I told a poor teenage boy working at Urban Outfitters that he was terrible at his job because he sent me to the sweater section when I asked if there were any summer clothes in stock for my tropical vacation. Well, as soon as I walked out of the store, I felt totally mortified. Not to mention, I feel like I have this reputation to uphold now that I'm a public figure, but I was totally beating myself up. And then I felt like beating myself up for beating myself up, which is a whole cycle of shame. No pun intended. So yeah, PMSing has been crazy. I don't know if it's that it's the older I get. What seems more true is that I used to numb everything for so long. How could I understand my body when I was taking 50 milligrams of Adderall per day, throwing up my food, and then drinking and taking whatever other stimulants I could get my hands on at night? Maybe I've just stunted my ability to deal with my hormones, so I'm starting from scratch. But whatever the reason, I am ready. I want to take care of myself and understand my body. And our periods offer a lot of insight. So get this. Women have a biological rhythm that they experience every month that affects productivity, weight, sex drive, energy, and mood. Understanding it can speak to what you eat at different times of the month, how to exercise, what kind of work you should be doing, and when. For example, doing strength training at different times in your cycle affects how you build muscle. Or you'll gain more weight eating certain foods at certain times in your cycle. And there's a better time to get into creative mode. Or your desire to rest and hibernate at certain times is your body speaking to you. So all of these activities can be optimized based on a cycle called the infradium rhythm that only women have. Most of the science that we have access to was all tested on men. So we're only now discovering how women's bodies actually work. This episode is absolutely packed with information, so I recommend listening once and then going through it again while taking some notes if you really want to go deep. 
Our guest today is Elisa Vitti. She's the founder of Flow Living, which is a modern hormone healthcare company. And she's a functional nutrition and women's hormones expert and author of the period Bible, Women Code and In the Flow. And today, three key things we will learn are how to change diet, fitness, and time management around your four cyclical phases, what abnormalities in your cycle are actually trying to tell you, and the most problematic health trends, including a popular diet trend that actually shrinks women's ovaries. Before we dive in, do you want to know the best way to start knowing yourself better every day? Sign up for the Morning Mind Love for daily inspirational emails right to your inbox. I get messages from people every single day about how the Morning Mind Love is their favorite way to start the day, or that the message that came through is exactly what they needed to hear. Just visit mindlove.com and sign up right there on the homepage. Plus, you'll get some amazing free gifts when you do. You'll get a free guided binaural affirmation meditation designed to rewire your brain to your highest self. And you'll get one of my favorite tools, a really cool booklet of power lists to help you gain clarity and live with intention. And it's all completely free. Just go to mindlove.com to sign up. Or if you want to make it really easy, just text the word morning to 33777. That's morning to 33777. And now let's welcome Lisa Vitti to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Melissa. I'm really happy to be here. So to start out, I know you're the founder of Flow Living and a functional nutrition and women's hormone expert. So what brought you to here? What got you so interested in women's reproductive health and our hormones and that specific topic of specialty? Well, it really all stemmed from my own hormonal issues. In my teens and 20s, I was someone who never got a period, was severely obese, was covered in cystic acne, had a lot of mood issues, anxiety, depression, insomnia, and no one knew what was wrong with me. And I went to the top doctors in the nation and no one diagnosed me. And I happened to also be a student at the time at Johns Hopkins University and was doing research on my own and came across some information that helped my gynecologist confirm my diagnosis of PCOS and then was faced with very surprising response to a condition that affects millions and millions of women, which was, we don't have any way to help you. And that moment really changed the trajectory of my career and my life because I really realized in that moment that if I was going to get better I was going to have to take matters into my own hands. And so eventually the basis of the flow protocol and the flow living center and all of that was came out of the research that I did years ago to figure out how the endocrine system works and how you can actually make it work better by using food and supplements to do that. So, you know, it seems kind of crazy that there are still so many women's issues that we don't know that much about. Like if you would have asked me, if this would have been coming up in like the 50s, I could understand. But now in 2019, there's still historically been so much that we don't know. Why have these topics been ignored or under-researched, do you think? That's an amazingly excellent question, Melissa. And I'll share the facts. I'll keep my opinions out of it, but (laughs) the opinions about the patriarchy, just so we're clear on what that is. Oh, we know about that here. (laughs) Yeah, we know about that. Yeah. So, but that aside, the facts are that for specific reasons, women in their reproductive years have been left out of medical research and then later on nutrition and fitness research. And it's been such a problem that in 1995, the National Institute of Health put together a special committee calling for more research to be done, including females in human clinical trials. And as of 2016, the follow-up to that committee's mandate to include more women, the progress report that was sort of given almost, gosh, two decades later, is that progress has been excruciatingly slow and essentially we've made very little inroads. And that's important because women are left out of all this research that's being done that affects things like dosages of medication or things like anesthesia protocols, et cetera, et cetera. But also when it comes to nutrition and fitness, this I would say is something that is really, really affecting huge swaths of women. Because I don't know about you, but from where I sit now, 
two decades into taking care of women professionally, what I've seen in the past two decades, Melissa, is that there's more information now than ever before, right? You, it's all at your, our fingertips. You can Google it. You can search for it. You can read articles about it. There's plenty of information. The problem is that despite this wellness, wellness everywhere, women are more sick than ever before. Over 50% of women struggle with hormonal issues. If all this new wellness information, this access to it was going to help us, we would see that number decrease over the past 20 years, but it's gone up. And that's because the premise, the fundamental premise of the information that we're being told, like, eat this diet, like intermittent fasting is the magical solution. It's going to make everything wonderful for you. You're going to get your energy back. You're going to lose weight. You're going to feel better finally and take on your life the way you want to or paleo or keto or high intensity interval training or whatever it is. If those trends were going to work, they would have already. And the reason why they haven't is because all that research and that shows all of those results are done exclusively on men and postmenopausal women. And in my new book, In the Flow, I unpack all of this research and share, for example, why that's so important for you to know. Like you need to know that when an article comes out that says, oh, 10 reasons why you should try intermittent fasting, that you have to really understand that that article is missing a really important caveat, which is 10 reasons you should try intermittent fasting if you are male or postmenopausal. Because if you are in your reproductive years, actually doing intermittent fasting can shrink your ovaries and disrupt your ovulation and fertility, right? And we're not being told that, and yet we're trying it. And not only that, it can actually cause the inverse, like all the benefits, for example, of intermittent fasting say, oh, it's going to improve your insulin sensitivity and help you lose weight. But actually for women in their reproductive years, it makes it worse. So you get the opposite effect. And it's so important that we know that all this information, like do this workout, eat this diet, it's not actually based on your biology. It's not based on how your hormones work. And when you're eating in a way that doesn't support your hormones, your entire life becomes an endocrine disruptor. And an endocrine disruptor is something that interferes with your body's preferred hormonal process. And then, of course, that makes you less healthy, less energized, less optimal in every area. And if this is your first time giving your mind a little love, I have a few goodies for you. First, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And second, sign up for the Morning Mind Love. Think of it like a weekday oracle from your highest self to help you start each day with a positive focus. Plus, you'll get two gifts absolutely free, a 30-minute binaural meditation and 30 days of journaling prompts to help you remember who you truly are. So join over 9,000 people and go to mindlove.com to sign up or text the word morning to 33777. We're all here just trying to live our best lives, right? And while you're here listening to a podcast, you might feel like you're on the right track, but then you visit family or you have a work deadline or something unexpected comes up and you're all stressed out and it feels like all the work is out the window. That's why it's so important to consciously curate what you can control, like who you surround yourself with, what you watch, what you listen to. So I'm going to add another podcast to your toolbox, The Dr. John Deloney Show. He has a PhD in counseling and has been sitting with hurting people for 20 years. He shares practical advice for everything from how to connect with people, how to face depression, overcome anxiety, and learn just what it means to be well. But what's really cool about his show is you can even leave a voicemail or send an email and he'll address your topic or question about mental or emotional help on the show. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney show is here for you. Listen to the Dr. John Deloney show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on the website. Okay, so I'm really glad that I'm learning this right now because... <laughs> Starting last December, I was like, I'm going to start intermittent fasting. And I did. And I have to say, I did like it for a while. I'm not exactly sure why. I think mostly because there was less times that I started accepting that I was going to be 
snacking. <laughs> so it was almost like my personal form of willpower, but then it stopped working. And I don't know, I didn't really feel anything overall. But you're saying that I shouldn't have been doing that in the first place. What about right. those people that do feel like they feel something? I know people that are like, intermittent fasting has changed my life. Is there, are there exceptions or is it across the board? Like it's going to shrink your ovary. No, across the board in your reproductive years, it will, it will, yeah, it has negative effects. That's just a fact. What you're experiencing, if you're using it from a weight loss point of view and everybody's coming to intermittent fasting from a different point of view. So let's say you're extremely overweight, right? You may initially feel some major relief from doing some intermittent fasting. And again, intermittent fasting can be done in many different ways. And there is one way that you can do it safely during your reproductive years, which I'm happy to share in a moment. But let's say you're doing sort of like two days of fasting and then you're having a period of time where you can eat. That may help you reset your ghrelin and leptin response and your insulin response in a short period of time. But long-term, your hormones are going to become disrupted and it will stop working. And that's a great example. Your example, anyone's example, it's a great example of what I said earlier. It's like, think of any diet that has been introduced into the mainstream ever. Low carb, low fat, high fat, high protein, fasting, like just anything. And we all do it, we meaning us women, because we are 90% of the consumer base for all this wellness stuff, right? And we do it and people are like, yeah, it's really working for like a couple weeks or maybe a month or two. And then it stops working and women gain weight, right? Or they're yeah. getting the opposite result. It's just like stop. And then we keep moving on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Because if those diets were the end all be all that they are purported to be, that they're being sort of represented as being, then we would have stopped at the one that worked. Right? right? Yeah. But none of them have worked because none of them are appropriate for the female biological reality. Period. Pun intended. And <laughs> until we acknowledge that we have a different and equal system at play, right? Men have a system that needs a certain kind of support, and women have a system that needs a different and equal kind of support. Women are continuously going to feel like it's just something's wrong with them. They lack the willpower or they're just a failure at dieting or whatever. They're not a failure at anything. They're just using the biologically inappropriate diet and lifestyle for their, for their needs. Okay, so before some of you intermittent fasters start panicking that your ovaries are in mid-shrivel right now, let me clarify that this doesn't apply to all types of intermittent fasting. So there are quite a few ways that people practice this. And the most common way I hear of people fasting is for 12 to 16 hours each day. So they're keeping their eating within an eight hour window of maybe 11 to seven or 12 to eight, or within a six hour window like 12 to six. Well, ladies, from my research, if you don't want to create a hormonal imbalance, do this every other day. So keep it to just a few days a week. And on fasting days, you just do light yoga and save your intense workouts for your non-fasting days. The intermittent fasting practices that can cause a hormonal imbalance for women are when you're fasting for more than 14 to 15 hours. So some people fast for 24 hours, two days a week, meaning they're only eating five days a week and basically starving themselves for two of those days. Let's avoid that. Women's bodies are really sensitive to calorie restriction and signs of starvation. And women are more prone to eating disorders. So what starts as fasting for a day can, with some people, some people like me, lead to binge eating and even purging or trigger even more restrictions like anorexia. I know that so many of us crave this ideal body type that we're so used to seeing in models and the magazines and Instagram influencers, but the best thing we can do for ourselves is focus more on nourishing our bodies rather than what we're not giving it. Focus on what we are giving it rather than what we're taking away or restricting and beating our bodies into submission. The more we focus on that loving care, the easier it is to actually feel that deep love for ourselves. So remember, everything is connected. Once you know the science, and that's what I'm so excited about this book, In the Flow, it shows you what that is. And what that is, just so I don't like 
hold it back for anyone is that you have something running in your system from puberty to menopause called the infradian biological rhythm. And so we all know the circadian clock, right? We know that that's a, an important clock that helps us stay healthy. The many decades of research have shown how important it is for us to take care of our circadian clock. We're all wearing blue light blocking glasses these days because we want to protect ourselves from the light disruption that can affect our circadian rhythm. We know that that's really dangerous for our health. Well, I want to introduce women kind to their infradian rhythm and to share with them that it is equally, if not more important for them to care for their infradian clock because it governs six major systems of the body, the reproductive system, the metabolism, the brain, the microbiome, the immune system, and the stress response system. So basically, if you're doing anything that is disrupting or not supportive of that infradian rhythm, you are going to impact just about every aspect of your health and your life all in one swoop. And so that's like the bad news. The good news is by very simply and elegantly and efficiently supporting this one biological rhythm, all of those areas of your health and life get taken care of, get handled without you having to micromanage each individual area. It's really a nice uncovering. And so what is this infradian rhythm? It's simply, we experience that as women as our 28-day cycle, but it is like a circadian rhythm is about the experience of the day. It was around the day. It's Greek for circa around uh, diurnal day. And this infradian is a cycle that's longer than a day. So for women, that is our 28-day clock. And, and we have that only for about four decades. We also have ultradian rhythms, rhythms that are shorter than a day. And we have all sorts of things. But this one is just so, so critical for women to really finally feel good in their bodies, to finally actually have a diet and a fitness program that gets them the results for real that's going to leave them with more and more energy week over week instead of falling off the PMS cliff every month and being lost at sea for two weeks with period problems and PMS. You know, nature, the facts that I lay out in the book really share just that nature's designed you to be optimal all the time. And all we have to do is take care of this infradian rhythm. So what are the biggest mistakes or the biggest things that women do that interfere with our infradium rhythms, given the trends right now, I know we talked about like intermittent fasting, but there's a lot that come up that totally change the way we treat our bodies. It could be keto, it could be the 5am club, it could be cold showers <laughs> or the Wim Hof techniques. Like, Which of these do you think are the biggest problems right now? I mean, I think you can feel fine about doing Wim Hof. That's great. I actually think that's really interesting. But it's more, it, although it will depend on where you are in your cycle. <laughs> I was um, looking for a reason not to have to get cold again, but <laughs> okay. But I would say the best time to do the Wim Hof would probably be around ovulation or the first half of luteal phase, but I would not recommend it during menstruation or the follicular phase. This is really just a paradigm shift. So even my answering of your question is like, there is no good or bad. I mean, you could even think about eating in a way to make this easier, like how do you change your diet? There's specific foods that you want to be eating each week of the cycle, right? You have four phases. You have the follicular phase, the ovulatory phase, the luteal phase, the menstrual phase. So we all know about the bleeding week. We all know about PMS. We all know about ovulation. The follicular phase is between the bleeding week and ovulation where the body is preparing an egg for maturity, which will then be released during ovulation. The luteal phase is the longest phase of the cycle, 10 to 14 days. And it's a very interesting time. It's very intense from what the body is doing. It's producing all this progesterone. It's holding the lining of the uterus in place. It's a very nutrient heavy from a requirement point of view period of time. What women don't know, for example, is that their metabolism shifts pretty dramatically from the first half of the cycle to the second. So in the first half of the cycle, your metabolism is actually a little bit slower. So you need less calories and you can do more intense workouts. And this combination will give you weight loss and muscle gain. In the second half of the cycle, your metabolism speeds up. You need more calories, but you also have greater cortisol output. So because of this particular trifecta, you have to do, if you were to do high intensity interval training, let's say in the luteal phase, you'll turn on fat storage. 
and you'll turn on muscle wasting. So this idea that you should do high intensity interval training all the time because it's always good for you and it'll always help you lose weight is actually false because our infradian rhythm will tell us that in fact, it's good for the first half of the month, but in the second half of the cycle, we should just do like strength training without a cardio component, yoga, Pilates, just lifting weights, but no cardio. And that will give us the biggest muscle gain and fat loss without causing stress in the system. So you can actually work out less and get more fit by supporting your infradian rhythm. So we're working out the wrong way because we just think that we're supposed to just do it every day at the same intensity, go to boot camp class all the time. And you know, I think what's interesting too, Melissa, is that every woman has this like inner dialogue that she's actively ignoring that is representing the infradian rhythm. You know it, right? You're like, oh man, I made those plans two weeks ago and now I really just want to stay in and cook a healthy meal and like relax and rest. I really need that right now. But two weeks ago, I was really in the mood to go to that networking event and now I'm not, but I guess I should go, right? We have that inner struggle, but the body is saying, I want to rest. And why is that? Well, two weeks ago, you may have been in your ovulatory phase when you were feeling more social because estrogen was stimulating the verbal and social centers of your brain and you had more energy. So you made those plans because you didn't realize that with uh, predictability, you were about to enter your luteal phase in two weeks and you were going to have a more natural downshift in your desire to socialize and more of a desire to focus on self-care. And you made these plans and now there's this conflict. This can show up at the gym, right? Where you're like, oh, but I am supposed to go to the cycling class or this every week. Something's wrong with me. I'm lacking willpower. I have to just push myself. But I really just feel like I would rather do a restorative yoga class or Pilates this week. But I said I would do my cycling class. So I guess I should go. And then you don't get a great workout, right? Same thing with food. We tell ourselves, that we're supposed to only eat in a restrictive way. Like I have to limit my calories, I have to limit my fats, I have to limit this, I have to limit that. And we try to have that restrictive experience of eating throughout the month. But there are times in the cycle where you're like, you know, I'm not as hungry. And other times where you are much more hungry and you, by actively ignoring that shift, you end up actually not making progress with your health, your weight, your moods, whatever it is you're trying to achieve. And you feel like you're getting nowhere. And it's true, you are getting nowhere by working against this. But our bodies are there trying to give us those signals of like, oh, I wish we were doing something different. I really feel like doing something else. I feel like eating some brown rice, or I really would love to just do a yoga class, or I really wish I didn't schedule that thing. But we have to start listening instead of ignoring that little inner dialogue. It's funny because it does sound complicated, but at the same time, it also sounds like it makes perfect sense. Like there's part of it where our cycle's basically saying, hey, lady, you're ovulating. Go out and get social, get laid. You know what I yeah. mean? It's, and it's super easy. There's four phases and it's like, it couldn't, it's a grid. It's like, okay, which phase are you in? Then eat the foods that are in the chart, do the workout that's associated with that phase, and then organize your schedule as much as you can with things that are optimal for that hormonal ratio. It's so simple. All you have to do is schedule these things and then do them. And it takes a lot of pressure off you feeling like you have to do it all, all the time, right? Because there's plenty of time. There's a whole month now. You can get to all of these things. You can do a little intermittent fasting, for example. You could do more intensive intermittent fasting if you wanted to in the follicular phase. You could do more raw diet, raw vegan diet in the ovulatory phase if you wanted to. You can eat more paleo or keto while you're bleeding. You can change things up. Every decision that you make, and that's why it's so simple, is just based on the question, which phase of the cycle am I in? And what is the right thing to optimize for that phase? And just do that. Couldn't be easier. I've been doing it for two decades myself. It's the reason why I'm able to be as productive as I am and keep my energy and my hormones balanced. That is, has been something that's been coming up for me a lot more lately is just working with my womanly cycles and how that works for me on with my productivity as well. And a past guest was talking about how like when the right times in the month are to create and to get more done and to get out there and when to network. And she must be a MyFlow app user. Yeah, I (laughs) the cycle thinking method is something that I created two decades ago. So this is my invention. 
around how do you change diet, fitness, and time management around your four cyclical phases. And yes, you're right. There is an optimal time. You know, as an entrepreneur now, I can tell you for sure, I try to organize as much as I can around what's optimal for that phase because it just makes everything easier. It makes everything flow. And that's what I love about this book. It's like Tony Robbins and many people talk about getting yourself into a peak flow state, right? So that you can create and produce in your life, whatever it is you're trying to actualize your dreams, right? Well, for me, what I have found for women is that there's a predictable way for you to architect a peak flow state by leaning into your biology, by leaning into the creative cycle that happens as you go through the four phases. So how does that map out? So in the follicular phase, that's sort of like the initiation phase. That's when you start new things, you have new ideas, you kind of kick things off. The ovulatory phase is the phase in which you verbalize, you kind of like nurture and like the things begin to take root and sprout, right? So you're talking about it, you're kind of making it more real, you're gathering your support team, you're getting all the things you need to grow this thing rapidly. Then in the luteal phase, that is the tending to the new growth and having it really grow and expand, right? To full bloom. And then in the menstrual phase, that's the evaluation phase, the rest phase, the resetting for the next new cycle of bringing something to fruition. So it's really nice because you can apply that to your career. You can apply that to motherhood. You can apply that to your relationships. The applications of this can really be, I haven't found yet an area of my life where I can't apply this. And every time I apply it to an area, the most recent one is motherhood because I have a young daughter. It just makes it so much more pleasurable and less stressful and makes it easier. I'm constantly sharing with my clients to stop searching in life and instead start aligning. It's true with purpose, with relationships, with higher versions of yourself, and it's also true for hiring. The best way to search is actually just to match with Indeed. Indeed is your one-stop hiring platform with millions of job seekers visiting every month, and their powerful matching engine helps you find quality candidates fast. Plus, Indeed lets you schedule interviews, screen applicants, and message candidates all in one place. But Indeed isn't just about speed. They also deliver quality. According to a recent Indeed survey, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. I love Indeed because it makes hiring so much easier. I'm all about alignment in all areas of my life, and that includes people I hire to work in my business. So I need a hiring partner that makes it simple to find candidates with the right skills. And that's Indeed. And what's really cool is Indeed's matching engine gets smarter the more you use it, learning from your preferences and over 140 million qualifications. Plus, I love that I can do all my hiring in one place. It's just one less thing to keep track of between all of the other things. So join over 3.5 million businesses worldwide who rely on Indeed to find great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash mindlove. Just go to Indeed.com slash mindlove right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash mindlove. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I really need to get something off my chest. Being a mom of a three-year-old boy is really freaking hard, and sometimes it has me questioning my sanity. But then he'll grab my face and call me his sweet little mama. Yes, that's a real thing he says, <laughs> and it will all melt away until I break his banana. I thought I was done with emotionally abusive relationships, but nope. We all carry around stressors, big and small, and when we keep them all bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For me, just talking things through is hugely helpful, but it's so hard finding friends and family that are unbiased or non-judgmental. And therapy isn't just about dealing with major trauma, you know? 
It's about learning healthy coping mechanisms, setting boundaries, becoming the best version of yourself. And BetterHelp makes it super convenient, too. Everything's done online so you can fit therapy sessions around your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MindLove today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash MindLove. It's funny because both my husband and I are entrepreneurs. And so it's funny to compare and contrast the different ways that we work. And he inspires me every day. And so we're constantly growing together. But he's the kind of guy who's like, you know, I heard it's good to wake up at 5 a.m. I'm going to force myself to do that. I'm taking freezing cold showers every day. Like he wakes up immediately, does a bunch of push-ups, And I'm like, I like slowly get out of bed and like put on a cozy robe and some slippers and I like go in a corner. And it's just so funny how that works because part of me for a really long time felt almost like a failure because I would try to do these things with him and it just never really felt natural and they'd be completely sustainable for him. But the more I'm learning, the more I'm realizing is how much we women just kind of ebb and flow with our infradian rhythm. Yeah, our infradian rhythm. And we're just so much more intuitive as well. And so even that with the moon cycles, everything just feels so magical being a woman. So the things that used to cause me almost shame or make me feel inferior are now the things that are starting to make me feel the most powerful, if that makes sense. Well, I love hearing that because that is exactly how you should feel. In fact, I go into great detail in this book about why the female body is exceptionally gifted and powerful in many different ways, from your brain to your immune system, and then more. It's pretty remarkable how extraordinary we are as biological creatures compared to men. But I would love to circle back to that example of how different you and your husband are in terms of like his morning routine versus yours. And people often ask me that question, like, oh, what's your morning routine? Because it's like, there's this one Very stereotypical answer that is given by all the gurus that are talking about success, right? And it looks a lot like what you described your husband doing, getting up super early, doing a lot of like intense exercise, shocking the system a little bit with like a brisk walk or a cold shower, and then, you know, banging out all your deep work first thing in the morning and then pushing social meetings and things to the afternoon, right? And that's for a very specific reason, because what men do that women have yet to do that I'm hoping that this book will then help them really shift the narrative for themselves permanently, that men cater to their biological rhythm exclusively. They've set up the entire world, hello patriarchy, to (laughs) orient around their biological rhythm. Why is that? Well, men go to sleep at night and make the maximum amount of testosterone while they're sleeping, and they have access to that first thing in the morning alongside with a huge dose of cortisol. So for them, it is actually advantageous to get up super early in the morning because they're going to run out of fuel very early on in the afternoon, and then that's it, right? So their fuel for the day, what fuels their male biology is the combination of testosterone and cortisol. And they kind of start to have that fall off the cliff around 3, 3.30 in the afternoon, somewhere between 3 and 5 p.m. And which is why biohacking is really taking off in the male community because they have to compensate for that every single day energy drop with special types of caffeine, nootropics, and adaptogens, which can help them extend their energy when testosterone and cortisol start to naturally decrease in concentration in the bloodstream, in the brain. And it makes sense that corporate culture, entrepreneurial culture, success culture is all described as this early morning, hit it hard, succeed, and then do your social stuff in the afternoon. Because in the afternoon, when testosterone and cortisol has decreased in concentration, men are more sensitive to their estrogen and more receptive to making emotional connections in that way. And so that's how they organize and orient absolutely everything, their fitness, their nutritional needs, their time management. They are doing it all based on their hormonal rhythm, their biological rhythm. I am simply making the case scientifically and backed up with, I mean, I think I have over 300 pages of research in here for you guys to take a look at in this book, why we need to do exactly the same thing, but based on our biological rhythm, the infradian rhythm. So- What about those listeners out there that don't have the average 28-day cycle? 
do they have to adjust the infradium rhythm or is their body trying to tell them something different? Ooh, excellent question. So first of all, there is no perfect 28-day cycle. A cycle is normal relative to the individual. So that could be 26 to 35 days is the average. An average is a range. This idea that there's just this 28-day idealized cycle, that is something that a bunch of male doctors decided to do for mathematical simplicity. Like, okay, women should have a 28-day cycle and they should ovulate on day 14. But we know that that is not how it works. (laughs) And so you should drop the notion that it should be some particular number. It should be normal relative to you. So if your cycle is always 26 days, great, you have a healthy cycle. If it's always 30 days, great, you have a healthy cycle. If it changes a lot, problem. If it's very, very long, like it comes every 35 to 50 days, we have a problem. Your body is trying to tell you something. If it's, if it's short, if it's happening twice a month, you're bleeding twice a month, you don't need me to tell you that that's a problem, right? And that is just an indication that not only is your diet and lifestyle massively disrupting your hormonal endocrine system, but you are definitely not going to be able to take advantage of a healthy infradian functioning rhythm because it's not, right? It's dysfunctional. And so you've got to do some work to get your infradian rhythm, your hormones, your endocrine system functioning again. And in the book, In the Flow, there's a whole section dedicated to, well, what if I have this condition or what if I have this symptom? What do I do? How do I get back on track? Because it's so important that you get yourself back on track so you can take advantage of leveraging this amazing infradian rhythm while you have it because you only have access to it from puberty to your last bleed. So it's about four decades. And then after that, you only go back to having just the one clock like men and children and postmenopausal women have. That's so interesting because I feel like we've learned more about our periods in the last like 20 years than we've ever known about them before. There's so much new research that's coming out and it's really exciting, but it doesn't seem to be being integrated, it basically seems like you have to look for this knowledge to really find it out. What do you think is going to have to change to actually have this be part of the learning that we have in schools and things that seems to be more common knowledge instead of having to seek out what should be the guidebook to being a woman? Thank you. That's why I wrote this book. Um, <laughs> that's what we'll call it, the guidebook to being a woman. It's funny. I was When we were trying to figure out the subtitle, my husband was like, just call it the female blueprint. It's like, it's how you do everything. I'm like, I, yeah, well, (laughs) that's not the subtitle, but I get what he was saying. Cause in the book, there are charts. There's the food flow, right? Which foods to eat in which of the four phases there's fitness flow. Which of the workouts are you supposed to do in which phase there's the daily flow? How do you organize your time and your creativity and your productivity to like get more done with less stress? Who doesn't need that? I mean, 90% of mothers feel like the guilt from and exhaustion from not being able to get to everything they need to do. 50% of women are unsatisfied at work. We're all exhausted and overextended. We're out of bandwidth and we're not where we want to be in our lives. And it's because we're not leveraging our infradian rhythm, which now you know I'm going to beat that horse. But the book gives you the, an actual time management planner that's based on your infradian rhythm that you can use. You can throw out all your other calendars. This is the one that you need. I mean, I can't tell you how happy I am to say that because for years I thought something was wrong with me, Melissa. I went to, you know, did all the fancy time management systems, the gurus, the the big weekend workshops and took the systems home and I won't name names, but, you know, I did all the big fancy name ones that you probably know about. And, you know, I would do them for a little bit of time and then, and then I would be not able to continue. And I felt like something was wrong with me and I felt like a total failure because I thought, gee, why can't I stick to my commitments? wasn't that I couldn't stick to my commitments. I was just planning my projects, ignoring my infradian rhythm that absolutely affects my creativity, my productivity, my cognitive preferences, my energy output. And when you plan without that in mind, everything starts to feel like a burden. Everything feels like, oh, it's too hard. It's too much effort because you're doing everything at the wrong time. Now that I've made peace with time and really focus more on managing my energy throughout the cycle and doing the right things at the right time, I have energy to spare. I get more done than most people do 
because I'm using this secret rhythm to my advantage that every woman should be using. I don't want to be the only one this productive. I think we can all (laughs) get more done with less stress if we had the right tools. So I'm really excited about this daily flow planner because it really changes the game. There's a workflow. So how do you project map at work, whether you're an entrepreneur or in a corporate environment? And I go into corporations and teach women how do you do this at work? It's really exciting. There's a love flow chart to help you know. Here's a startling statistic, Melissa. 60% of women are sexually unsatisfied. That's an enormous, unacceptable number. And you know why they're unsatisfied? Because they don't know how to leverage their infradian rhythm and know that it's changing their sexual response, their foreplay input requirements. Like you need different amounts of lubrication, different amounts of foreplay to yield a quality orgasm in each of the four phases. And if you don't know that and you go into it doing the same routine every time, 60% of the time, you're not going to have any fun. So explain to me, how does our infradium rhythm affect these different, I was going to say sex inputs. I have been on the web too long, (laughs) but like the points that actually affect how we're getting off basically. Like I could see that maybe our sex drive would be affected throughout the flow, of course, but give me an example of like the different types of, is it like foreplay or something that just works better at different parts of the flow? Is that something individual that we should start tracking to just see what works for us? Or what's the scoop? The scoop is there's a chart in the book that tells you all of this, but I'll give you some highlights. So that's the love flow chart. And there's a mother flow chart, of course, about like how to make motherhood easier. But essentially, as you go through the four phases, the time it takes to go through the four stages of arousal can change. And so you might need more or less foreplay to achieve orgasm or orgasmic plateau and then climax, which are two different things. And orgasmic plateau is actually the one that gives you all the health benefits. There's actually better times in the cycle to use vibrators and not use them so that you get the most health benefits from your orgasmic plateau because it's so beneficial for women to have the orgasmic plateau phase where they're producing all the nitric oxide and all the oxytocin that they can because it balances hormones, it boosts the immune system, it boosts collagen production in the skin, it boosts brain health, it boosts metabolism it boosts fertility. It keeps the cycle regular. So rushing to climax, which is the moment when the 8,000 nerve endings have had enough. If you do that too quickly, you miss out on all the health benefits of the orgasmic plateau. And so knowing that that can take longer in different phases is something that you would then just give yourself more time because you have to remember we're all conditioned to think that our sexual response should perform like what we see in pornography, which is zero to like ready to go in 60 seconds flat. And that's just not biologically apropos to what your system needs. You also have wet and dry phases that shift, meaning some phases of the cycle, you're naturally more lubricated and other phases of the cycle, you are not. And you need to bring in outside lubricant in order for you to achieve pleasure. Like it's not going to happen without that. So instead of thinking, oh, gee, maybe something's wrong with my sex drive because I'm drier right now, and maybe I'm just tired or so I'm stressed. No, no, no. You may be in a dry phase and you shouldn't feel bad about yourself at all. You should just say, honey, get the lube or yourself. Let me get the lube, right? (laughs) And so knowing that is going to prime you for consistent, predictable pleasure throughout the cycle. Right now, how women really experience their sexual responses very hit or miss and more miss than hit because as I said earlier, 60% of women are sexually unsatisfied. So that means that over half the time, women are not achieving the pleasurable response that they want or they know they're capable of because they don't know how their biochemistry is working and what the pattern is and how to interact with it in a way that always yields a pleasurable outcome. You should never not have a pleasurable experience if you know what this information is. So if you had to leave listeners with like one thing that they could do to better work with their cycle right now before having gotten the book so that they can then learn more with the book, what would that be? Well, I would say the first thing to do is to just start to pay attention, like to really understand which phase of the cycle you're in. The first and most important thing you need to do is really start bringing awareness 
to yourself. You have to build that self-awareness muscle because it's been kind of suppressed in you, right? You've been actively deprived of an education around all this information. Like let's all, let's face it, our sex ed classes all were terrible, right? So you have this huge blind spot. You need to, you need to open up your visual connection and your self-awareness connection. So by really starting to recognize, oh, I'm in my follicular phase and I feel this, even just keeping a journal, I notice my energy and my mood feel like this. And the things I'm naturally interested in are this. And then keep taking those notes as you go through one cycle. Just doing that one time for one month will change your life because then after that, your eyes are opened. You can't go back. Once that genie is out of the bottle, that's it. Like you're, now you, you know without a shadow of a doubt that you have to start changing your food, your fitness, and the way you do, the way you go about everything based on where you are in the cycle. Because you're going to feel how different you are each phase. I mean, my goodness, your brain changes up to 25% across these four phases, across your infradian, one turn of the infradian clock you are not the same person week over week. So the idea that you would do everything the same week over week is illogical and worse, insane. So we have to kind of reclaim what is really going on and start to live that way. Well, thank you so much for all the wisdom that you've shared around this, especially for us women. These are the types of things that are life-changing. I mean, like you said, for so long, men were the only people used for medical research. And so it's really mind-blowing to me what I keep finding out about just how little research there is done on females in general. So for listeners who are resonating with this and they want to learn more about you and the app and the book, where's the best place for them to connect with you online? Well, first of all, you can learn everything about the book at In The Flow. That's without a W. So F-L-O, intheflowbook.com. And there are great bonuses available to you. If you go to intheflowbook.com forward slash bonus, you'll be able to get all of those when you order the book. And you can access the top paid period app on iTunes, which we're so proud of. It's called the My Flow Tracker. And of course, that's flow without a W. So M-Y-F-L-O, My Flow Tracker. And then you can connect with me on Instagram at flowliving or alisa.vd. And our website is flowliving.com. All of the links from this episode will be in the show notes at mindlove.com slash 120. Your challenge this week, or maybe I should say your challenge this month, is to try to find a way to start tracking trends during your own cycle. My favorite way is through an app. Elisa has an app called In The Flow, but the app that I personally use is just called Flow, F-L-O. It gives me notifications for when I'm ovulating and when I'm about to start my period. And there's an option to log your symptoms and activities daily, plus a little journaling space, so you can start to get to know trends in your mood, sex drive, symptoms, and even your discharge. So it's actually really helpful if you're trying to get pregnant or avoid pregnancy based on your cycle as well. I mentioned earlier that my PMS mood swings have been crazy. So what I found most helpful is to up my self-care around this time. Meditation is crucial. Pausing before responding is absolutely critical. Getting extra rest, drinking more water, all that stuff helps a ton. And even just that extra level of awareness makes it a lot more likely that I can keep my calm throughout the day. So let me know how it goes. Send me a note or a voice memo on Instagram at mindlovemelissa. Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with someone who could use it. And thanks for giving your mind a little love today. And I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning into your higher frequency with Mind Love. Head to mindlove.com for a free gift to keep your vibes up until next week.